Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. This is having fun. And the name that you should be searching for is Mr. Clean. But this is having fun. I am here in the studio right now. That's right. And I want you to press that donation key, the monetizing key, and donate. I have here a an interview from 1997. Michael Jackson's sister, Janet Jackson, is talking to some lady, and I'm trying to figure out who she is. So, I want you to listen with me for the first time, okay? And make sure that you download the Anchor app so you can do the same as far as record what you want to record, when you want to record it, and the rest is up to Anchor after that as far as publishing it and getting you monetized. So far, I'm enjoying the app. And I believe you will as well. I It took me some time to get the hang of it as far as editing and stuff like that. But it's real easy once you learn it. So check out some of my uh, segments. And I hope you enjoy them. And I'm going to listen to this for the first time with you. And I hope you enjoy it as well. Um, because it's difficult to- being married, having nine children, that's that's the most major career I think a woman could have in terms of the time and the energy that it takes uh, to do those things. So uh, does she sometimes take extra pride in things that you're doing because she was not able to do them? Um, such as? You mean to just... Or uh, just the, the things that I think women can do nowadays that in her era you just, it was unthought of, especially uh, being a religious mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Some things would, you would never. I would say definitely. Um, she does. Uh, oh, God, I lost my thought. Uh, I was There was something I was going to bring up with Mother in, in, in this particular. Does, does this conversation, does it uh, just bring back memories and different things of your mom, just things that pop in your mind and different yeah. Happiness is yeah. joy. There's one picture in particular that I, I just enters my head all the time when I think about mother and and I'm sitting in her lap and I have my head on her chest and uh, I have a smile on my face. And, and that was that was happiness for me, being with her. Well, that's certainly a beautiful image. Um, let's talk a little bit about your dad, um, your relationship with him. I, I read a particular story that said that uh, at one point when you were a little girl, he asked you to call him Joseph and not, not Dad anymore. And uh, it's funny, we were talking earlier about people going through different things and how it affects you differently. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's one of those things. Right, because in our family, uh, it was kind of a joke with us that we would call our parents by their first names. And I would really? say Jens or Pete's or Peter for my dad in a joke, you know, and they would be like, this obnoxious child, you know, how could you call us by our first names? And now my grandmother, it's funny because my niece, her great-granddaughter, uh, calls her 
by her first name. And it's this big joke in the family that there is this one-year-old calling this 80-year-old woman Mavis. And it's kind of, it's a big joke in our family, but uh, we can laugh at that. Whereas... I gotta pause it for a minute. She's talking more than the person that she's supposed to be interviewing. Come to find out this interview is from Planet Groove. Planet Groove. And this woman is talking more than Janet. And the in, in the in the interview is not very interesting, but I'm gonna go ahead and listen. With your situation, I would imagine, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it would be fairly different. Something being told to you with a mandate on it, as opposed to having the choice. Right. For him to say to you, I don't want you to call me dad anymore. It wasn't even it wasn't even a choice of anymore, really. Mm-hmm. It was don't call me that, and I, there was I tried thing is, is I've always called him Joseph. I tried calling him dad uh, because I saw my other friends with their fathers do it. And he turned around and told me, you know, not, those are the things that people don't understand and how it it really. Because you feel shut out. Yeah, and and we've always called mother, mother, you know, but, I still, to this day, every one of my family calls him Joseph, and that's because um, he's asked us to. Mm-hmm. Was that um, a business decision on his end, from as far as you know? From just I don't know. Yeah. He said, yeah, call me Joseph. I'm Joseph to right. you. And I at that point, your, your father tells you something, and you do it, because you're young, and uh, your parents <laughs> are supposed to you know, yeah. know everything, and they're supposed to be right, so you do uh, what they say. You uh, don't want to get in trouble. Right, you don't want to get in trouble, right. Yeah. Right. Um, you made some other decisions in your life to do things based on your father's wishes, um, because I know growing up, your father is always so important to you. Um, do you regret any of those decisions, whether um, it be calling him Joseph or doing a specific do I TV show? show or? You know? do I, I wish I wish the whole relationship was different. Yeah. I really do. We're not we're not close, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't I don't know if it ever will change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, I see him making an effort, and it, it tears my heart at times. But it's it's difficult. It's it's difficult for me because I'm so used to it being one way. It's not like overnight. I change can, is difficult, especially after so many years. Yeah, it's like now I'm supposed to change because, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's it's him realizing how truly important family really is. I mean, he may have known it from the get go, but may really not have known how to express his love. Is what it is for me, um, and it has to do with the way that he was raised and what happened in. In his childhood, he left home at a very young age, and he was a very strong person. And maybe it's just solely that, him not knowing how to express his love. And it really took its toll on us, you know, as, as kids. And, um, yeah, it's real, it's real painful. We learn a lot more easily now, I think. And um, I, I think our parents' era is just so different. I know my... Uh, my grandfather just passed, and my father said to his sister, did you tell him you loved him? And she said, yeah, every day. And he said, well, I, you know, I never told him I loved him. And The woman that's interviewing Janet Jackson's name is Rachel Stewart.
Rachel Stewart. And come to find out they are in Malibu. And uh, my goodness, just only 3,000 people seen this interview and listened and listened to this video uh, this video auto so i'll be putting it in the description so you can go check it out i might and i might not depends on how you act <laughs> that's wishes. yeah he so wishes because uh, he may not have had a good relationship with him growing up but later on in life he started to mend those those broken bonds and uh, he never got to that point to be able to, to break the pattern and say it. And he regrets it now. I guess that's my next obstacle, you know, is is with, is with my father. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be real tough. And it's mm -hmm. going to take a, a lot of time for myself because it, it's just there's a lot there that uh, that I, I haven't gotten over and that I'm still working on. Mm -hmm. And it's just real difficult. And sometimes you can't. You can't go to the person because they just don't understand. And uh, in certain things, maybe I can. Yeah. But with time, time will tell. Yeah. And, and hopefully things will change for the better. Groove, I'm Rachel, and we're here on the balcony of Janet's house out in Malibu. It's beautiful out here. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> it really is. It's a little cool this time of year, but it's, it's yeah, very it's beautiful. Cool. Everyone thinks California is hot all the time. It's not. It's, it's not. pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's warmer inland than it is. Right, definitely. I've read a lot of uh, stories uh, recently at, um, in magazines and, and papers and things of you talking about this mysterious cowboy, this <laughs> messiah, this person who you seem to just instantly gel with. But you don't really give us a lot about who he was. And no, I don't. I'm, I have purpose. OK. I don't. OK. I don't think it's fair. Okay. Because he is that to on him. his side. Yeah. yeah. And people bombarding him and wanting interviews right. and the whole thing. And he's so what always did you and been... Janet talk about. <laughs> <laughs> he's always been a very private person, and that's the way he likes it, and that's the way it should be. Right. Is this someone who you knew before, or was it someone who? No, it's just someone that I met not that long ago, actually. Right. Yeah. And um, he's just an incredible man. He really is, and he's helped me a great deal. Right. What's the extent of your relationship with him? He's truly a friend. Um, he's there for me when I need him. Uh, <laughs> it's times when I call early in the morning, late at night. He's there for me, and I'm very thankful to have someone like that who, who is as wise and has had the experience that he's had in his life. I mean, he's experienced so much. Mm -hmm. He's an older man, and he he really is a cowboy. Mm -hmm. And um, to be able to talk with someone who's pretty much done it all and can totally understand where I'm coming from. Right. I'm very thankful to have someone like that. Right. Do you think that a big part of your relationship with him and what you felt when you met him was you? Because if you had met him at another time in your life, you might have blown him off had he come oh, to you yeah. and said... I, I, you know, I've always said everything happens for a reason. I really do believe that. And God works in mysterious ways. And I think this was just one of his ways of working his magic, I suppose, for me. And um, putting me, I mean, I never in, in a million years thought I was, never went any place to meet a person, nothing like that, where paths crossed, and, and, and that's how it happened. Um, 
and it was the noise you hear in the background is them at the beach uh, they have moved from the sofa to the beach. They're on the beach now. The Malibu Beach. That's where they, that's, they have moved the interview to the beach. Let's continue to listen. Someone that I needed at that particular time. Someone like him to help me through a lot of what I was going through. And someone with the experience that he, he has had, like I said before. And I'm real, real happy. Right. You've said that he has been one of the most important people in your life at this time, along with Renee, your longtime boyfriend. Uh, what is it that this person gives you that Renee does not, or is, or do they both give you the same? It's they give me a great deal, but it's on two different levels, really. Um, for with him, it's uh, the knowledge that he's had, the experience, and Renee and I together are learning. And then there are things by Renee being on the outside looking in, he can see. And that he's definitely helped me with. But for someone like um, the guy from the desert, um, just all that, that he has experienced and, and what he's even taught, like I said before, Renee as well as myself together. Is it strange referring to him as the guy in the desert since you have such an intimate relationship with him? Well, I said the guy in the desert because that's what she just said. Oh, well, well, because <laughs> I don't know his name. Right, but that's what I, I know this guy that I met, right. this cowboy. You know, right. And I was, normally I see the cowboy. <laughs> so, but um, is it strange to refer to him as that? Uh, no. No, mm -hmm. it isn't. <laughs> that's funny. We, we've heard a lot about your relationship Renee, with Renee to the extent of uh, the time that you have been together. How did you initially get together? It, it seems like so long now that you have been a couple. But, yeah, 12 years. Wow, uh, it's a long time. Yeah. How did you initially make that connection that you were going to be together? <laughs> I had to pull it out of him. <laughs> he didn't want to fess up to it. Oh, no. So you felt that he had feelings for you? Well, yeah, I did. Uh, it's really weird. I mean, just we were really good friends for four years. We were best friends. And, and through my marriage with James, he was there for me. And he was someone that I'd call up and cry to all the time, and, or whatever the case is. Yeah. And someone to talk to about certain things. And he was always encouraging me to, to keep on and give it another shot and do this and do that and try to make it work. And, and eventually, it just didn't work out. So um, we were still good friends, and we started hanging out more. And out of nowhere, <laughs> I won't go into the story, but it's kind of how it happened, yeah. and we, we, we started dating. Oh, look at the kites. How does someone date Janet, though? That's my question. You know, it's that people don't, can't see you that way. It's difficult. How do they? I don't know. I guess that's a question to ask Renee. Where's Renee? <laughs> He's working. Oh, um, no. Uh, how do they? I don't know. I don't know. I think it was hard for him in the beginning, and he was he was fighting it a lot because uh, he wasn't planning on falling in love again. He was in a couple of bad relationships, and he didn't plan on having his heart broken <laughs> again. And I guess that's what he thought would happen with the, the next relationship that he would enter. But um, I'm, I'm very thankful that, that it's gone the way that it has. And like I said, we've been together for 12 years, and I think we're very fortunate. There seems to be a very healthy separation between the personal relationship and the business side of it, because you guys do work together. Yes, we do, and it's really hard. Uh, it's one of the most difficult things that uh, we've had to learn to work out. 
Was this a time to turn it on, a time to cut it off, where it's just the two of you and being intimate and, and being a couple? And then there's the, the whole business where, and whatever may happen while you're working, you don't let that cross over into your, your relationship. Is that- Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to fill you in that my podcast is about history. History, celebrities, um, her father, uh, Mr. Joe Jackson, is now deceased. That's one reason why I put this on my podcast. And uh, it's about history, music, history, interviews, stuff like that. Or anything else I might want to insert. You know, it's just up to me. It'll be up to you when you start yours, what you want to put on yours. And um, in order to keep up with me, you have to press that star right there by my profile picture that says uh, Mr. Clean. And make me your favorite, one of your favorites. That way you can keep up with me. And send me a message if you would like. All right. Let's continue listening. This is just strictly business. It has nothing to do with our relationship. And we've learned to, we've managed it pretty well. And at times it gets a little tough. It's like God say, okay, I'm going to test you guys to see if you're still on your P's and Q's. Yeah. Or something. And it yeah. kind of messes us up for a second. And then we get right back on track again. Right. But it has been tough from time to time. But um, I think we've done fairly well because most people can't continue that. And we've been doing it for 12 years. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a long time. Uh, would you say that with your relationship with James that you're somehow turned off of marriage or it's just something? No, <laughs> no, um, it's more of a spiritual thing for myself and Renee at this moment. Spiritually, mm-hmm. we do feel that, that we're connected in that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when people get married, a lot of things that I hear is, is wondering how long it's going to last. Do I give them a year? I give them two years. Will I give them just a few months? And I feel that because of these Hollywood marriages and that whole thing, and it's not easy for anyone. Mm-hmm. But I feel when they start to do that, when they begin to do that, they put a lot of negative energy in the in the universe, and that's no good. And, and I think you're bound to fail at that point with everyone staring at you, waiting to see, see, I knew it would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so we like the way it is, what we have right now. Who knows? Someday maybe we will, but yeah. right now we like what we have. We're very happy with that. Do you, do you believe in the concept of soulmates? And would you say yes, I do believe in Do you say Renee is your soulmate? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I do believe that. It's beautiful. All right, we're going to take a break and come right back. Janet on Planet Group. We'll be back. But uh, there's a whole different level of freedom on this album than I've ever seen before just uh, with the the topics that you're writing about and uh, the things that you do address as we spoke about earlier. Mm -hmm. The sexual content is at a whole different level. Was that something that you felt your audience was truly ready for or that you didn't care? (laughs) You just wanted to put it out there. Are they ready for it? I don't know. (laughs) I think some people are, some people aren't. That's the way that I see it. Not everyone's going to be. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the biggest misconception with that is uh, people are totally saying all this S&M mm-hmm. bondage. That's not what I'm into at all. Right. Um, I think there's a with everything that I've ever spoken about when it comes to that, even on the Janet album, I think there's a way to be very sensual and very sexy 
And not to say that there's anything wrong with that if someone is into that, but that's not what I'm into. I think there's nothing wrong with a blindfold or um, um, having your hands, your wrists bound while you're anticipating your lover's every move. And that can be very sensual, very sexy. It doesn't have to be something that's um, painful mm -hmm. or, um, I guess, frightening in a way, but yet um, pleasurable in a way, which that's not what I'm into. But the sensual, more sensual side of it, like I just explained, that, that's, that's what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I think, one of the biggest misconceptions for mm -hmm. doing the song Rope Burn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I know that uh, a lot of people, as I said, were not ready to, to hear you talk about these different things. But you yourself, when did you go from, and you may never have been this person, but the perception of you. When did you go from being a shy, innocent Janet, conservative Janet, to the outspoken, sensual, sexy woman? I think it was with the Janet album. Mm -hmm. It was right after I did Poetic Justice. It was really, mm -hmm. That's what changed me a lot. I love it. Yeah, doing the movie and the people that I met, um, the girls that I hung out with. I mean, before that, I never cursed. Mm -hmm. I never did. Oh, to hear someone curse, oh, like, how <laughs> sinful. <laughs> and I used to charge Jimmy and Terry 25 cents every time they said a curse word when we did the Control <laughs> album. Funny. And I did. How much money did you make? Well, they didn't give me all my money. They still owe you. Yeah, they do still owe me. But it's like, it's like, okay, this game isn't cute anymore. Right. I'm just like, well, stop cursing. Right. But that, I mean, that's the way I felt. That's how I was, you know, grew up, and especially with the religion. Mm-hmm. Um, that we grew up um, with, but then my life really took a turn, a totally different turn during that film. And one of the girls that I hung out with, Josie, she was like a sailor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was so funny. And there were a lot of curse words in the film. And I mean, I had to, so that it would kind of sound natural when something did come out of your mouth. Right. You know what I mean? As opposed to it sounding really unnatural. Right. So, but then once I started, I couldn't stop. <laughs> it's addictive, right? Yeah, and it's like, okay, wait, i got to find different words. It's like, I did it before, I can do it again, but it's tough. It's That's really hard to, to stop once uh -huh. you start. I was in the Army for a couple of years, so I know oh, that you, cursing oh. thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. we used to call it trucker mouth. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So it's hard once you stop. This whole uh, sexuality that you've uh, been experimenting with or feeling so much now, more so with this album, that you're showing us anyway. How do your family and your friends react to it? My friends love it. My family doesn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the unspoken. That's how it, yeah. Mm. It's like the dead elephant in the living room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just don't talk about it. Mm. Pretend as if it's not there. No, yeah. they, but they've told me that they love the album. Mm -hmm. But they, they really don't talk about that, that part of it. Right. It's more on a musical level that we speak about. Right. Musically speaking. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read a little quote to you here. Um, kick off your shoes and sit right down. Loosen up the back <laughs> of your pretty quenched gown. Tonight's the night. <laughs> Why didn't you change the words when you when uh, when the original song says, "Cause I love you, girl, ain't nobody gonna stop us now." Why didn't you well, change the words? Um, for one, I love the way it was written. But the, really, the main reason was because it's reality for a lot of women. And if I was to, when I said, ever since I was a kid, when I sang the song, I, I sang it with girl. I never said boy or guy. Or, and I wanted to leave it like that. And it's rea reality for a lot of women. Right. And for a lot of my friends, it's, it's, it's reality for them. And, um, you know, it's hard. It, uh, you know, 
coming out and very difficult and how your friends and family will perceive you or, or even, you know, accept you, will they? So um, that makes it really tough for a lot of people. And hopefully with songs like this or songs like uh, uh, Free, Free Zone, Zone right. it will help in some sort of way. But Free Zone is just not about, not about homosexuality. It's about um, heterosexuality as, as well. It's about people being themselves, regardless of what race you are, regardless of what your sexual preference is. It's being who you are and not living your life for someone else or pretending to be someone else mm -hmm. for someone else. Because you see so many different, people play so many different characters around different people to please those people as opposed to being themselves, pleasing themselves. And that's what it's really about. Right. Would you say that also with this album, with you letting go of a lot of the emotional and the, the mental pain that you had, that some sexual pain for pleasure was the addiction that you picked up or, <laughs> you know, you release something, you pick something back up? Sexual pain? But see, I don't think... For pleasure. But see, I don't see it as sexual pain. That, to me, there still isn't any sexual... I mean, someone said something about, like, the candle wax mm -hmm. and said oh god that must be painful well some for some people it might be painful but for mm -hmm. others it may not mm -hmm. and uh you know a friend of mine tried it just for the first time a couple of weeks ago and they loved it yeah yeah they i mean they absolutely loved it i feel right. really silly talking about this like this <laughs> but, but you, like, you know what i've noticed about you your print interviews are a lot more giving they're very open you you go into depth with a lot of the sexual things, but your TV interviews aren't so much the same. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you why. And and um, it's crazy, but I just envision my mother. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I can see my mother. When, mm -hmm. when I feel that there's a camera on me, I think about mother. Right. But when someone's like this, it's like having a conversation with someone. Right. You know what I mean? So if you turn the cameras off, we can really talk. <laughs> 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 Is money success? What is success to you? Success is doing what you love, I think, regardless of the money. Doing what you love, being happy. That's success to me. Um, having someone that you love there with you the whole way, that's success to me. Um, being happy. That's truly success to me. With every family, I think success does mean different things. For some people, it's finishing high school. For some people, it's getting a job in a bank. Yeah, people, accomplishing you know, your goals. Right, yeah, exactly. What, yeah. what do you think your family um, now views success as having so many of you uh, be, quote-unquote, successful in the eyes of society in music? I would think just that. Love. Love, happiness. Mm -hmm. More so than anything, the happiness. If you woke up tomorrow morning and all the success and all the fame were gone, what would be the one thing that you would have learned? That I would have learned if you woke up and, and everything, all the success was gone. That it's not as important as love. 
and happiness. Because truly, I can wake up tomorrow and it can all be gone. I mean, when you sit here and you think about what happened in, in uh, what was it, in the, in, the, in the 20s with the stock market and how the whole depression had, and all these people that were so wealthy, all of a sudden they lost all their money and they were committing suicide mm -hmm. over losing money. You know, that's what I mean. So obviously it's like, what had that the world at that point, I mean, even today, I had it come to, to, to feel that that's, that means the world to them, that they're going to kill themselves because of that. Right. And you can survive when it comes to love. Beautiful. Well, we're going to change it up a little bit again. And now you've also won many awards. You've done many things in your life. Uh, been in uh, TV shows, movies, um, worldwide tour. And I mean, your, your awards are, are endless. Your albums, eight American Music Awards, two Grammys. Seven MTV Music Awards. Actually, listen to me correcting you. Actually, I actually have four Grammys. Okay, four Grammys. <laughs> Five Soul Train. Well, where are your awards? We walk through your house and... No, they're and, not here. Okay, where, where do you put your awards? Storage. Really? Yeah. Why? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I just... No, actually, um, we had a, a, another house mm -hmm. and we wound up selling it, but I... Because always, people always want to see your awards, so we had them displayed. But And that's the way it was growing up. But I actually, I don't know. I just, I like the home to be the home. Right. Maybe if our house was bigger, we had another area or, or a little cottage away from the house. I would right. probably display them there, but not within the house. Do you feel that you're a well-rounded person? Well-rounded? Mm -hmm. No, not really. I don't feel that. Because no, <laughs> I think you are. Oh, what, what, you. what do you feel uh, is missing? Why you're why you don't feel you're well-rounded? Well, I mean, I, I don't. To me, a well-rounded person would know a lot about politics, a lot about uh, sports. I mean, everything mm -hmm. under the sun. Mm -hmm. And and I don't. <laughs> what, what do you know the most about? What is it that you um, feel that? you would be extremely comfortable talking about for a lengthy space of time. About life and its ups and downs and how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. The things that I've recently learned. That's what I feel most comfortable talking about. Someone in politics or something else may know nothing about that. So That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's very true. Yeah. What are some of your fondest moments that you have of, uh, of your life to date? On tour with this album? Oh, yeah. yeah. We start, actually, we start in Washington, D.C. On July 9th is our, our first show in the States. Oh, yeah, looking forward so to seeing you guys. Yeah, yeah, we, we are going to be there for sure. What's, what's your all time favorite line um, from a song that you have done um, that stands out? Together Again. Um, um, and this is horrible. You're asking me now, I just blanked. <laughs> I gotta sing this song. I, well, if I had a good voice, I'd sing for you, but it, that's a beautiful song. When I feel that I don't belong, draw my strength from the words when you said, Hey, it's about you. Look deeper inside of you. Beautiful. Now, what does Janet do when she's not touring and she's not writing music or a 
doing anything with the industry? What What is it? What is your favorite? Just I, I love to read. I love uh, hanging out with my friends. Like I said, going to the clubs, being silly. Mm -hmm. um, or we come here, and Ricardo makes like a great dinner or lunch, and everyone loves that. And they're always putting in their orders. I want this. I want that. And we just have a great time. We'll play music and we'll play games. So we do a lot of that here at home too, right. which is fun. And they'll wind up staying the night sometimes. So right. that's that's all. Right. Right. Any regrets in your life? Regrets? Yeah. Um, no, not even the points that weren't the greatest, because they've taught me a great deal about myself, and it's helped me to grow. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't regret any part of it. That's so much for allowing us into right. your home. Thanks your for coming. I know how precious your time is, and we really appreciate you spending this day with us here. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you so much. Janet Jackson, I'm glad you.